Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for June 24th, 2020. I'm teaching a series entitled Faith and Patience. And guess what? This is part 50. So this is the last message of week 10. So now we have 10 full weeks of teaching so far in this series, and we still have a long way to go. So Faith and Patience, part 50. The title of today's message is No Perfect People Allowed. No Perfect People Allowed allowed. I know you're watching live, but if you think you're perfect, you may want to tune away right now because no perfect people are allowed in God's kingdom. I'm going to talk about it. Uh, so our foundational scripture is James 1, 2 through 4. The Bible says, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, you know what? You should see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it builds up inside of you the power to endure all things. And then when this patient endurance grows inside of you stronger and stronger and stronger, it actually releases perfection or maturity into every area, every aspect of your life to the point where there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. And that's what we want to get. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says that there's a time, there's a season for everything. And guess what? Everything is going to happen in your life at just the right time. And then uh, Genesis chapter 42, I'm going to read for you verses 35 to 38 as we continue with the story of Joseph, and then we'll get started. So 35 to 38, the Bible says, when the brothers started emptying their sacks of grain before their father, they found the money bag there and, and they were frightened and so was their father Jacob. And so Jacob said, listen, you've already taken my sons Joseph and Simeon from me and now you want to take Benjamin. Everything is against me. Reuben spoke up and said, father, if I don't bring Benjamin back, then you can kill both of my sons. Trust me, <laughs> trust me daddy. I mean, I'm going to bring Benjamin back. But then Jacob said, no, I'm not going to let Be Benjamin go down to Egypt with the rest of you. His brother is already dead and he's the only son I have left. I'm an old man, and if anything happens to him, then listen, I will probably die from the sorrow, and then I'm going to be blaming all of you guys. Now, I'm going to stop there, right? So you're like, this is like um, what I would call like a telenovela, right? So this is like a soap opera, uh, uh, and some of this stuff in the Bible is like, wow, this is some good Good stories, good stories. I got it, but we need to glean from it. And that's what I'm going to do today. So what does this mean to you today? I have, let me see, four things. No, actually five things. I have five things to share with you on this morning. The first one is really just setting the stage. So after the first one, I have four things that, you know, we're going to glean from. But now that I'm getting into the meat of the message, I want you to rid yourself of all distractions and lock in. Five things. Number one, here we go. Set the stage. So let me make sure you understand what's going on. Nine out of the 10 brothers who made the trip to Egypt, they're back at home now. Simeon was still left in Egypt. He was locked up. He was a hostage. So now the nine brothers 
went on to explain to their father that, hey, the Lord of the country, he thought we were spies and we told them we were not spies. And what happened was, and then, you know, now we're back and he kept Simeon and, uh, but we got to go back. And the guy said, he wants to see Benjamin. And if we don't take Benjamin back, then, then we'll never see Simeon again. What if they, they kill Simeon? I don't know. Come on, daddy, let us just give us Benjamin and we're going to take him back uh, uh, to, to Egypt. <laughs> and, and the daddy was like, are you guys crazy? He said, no, you already took Joseph. You already took um, Simeon. And now you want to take Benjamin? He said, everything is against me. Now, now notice what he said. When he said you already took Joseph, what he was saying was it finally came out. After 20 years, he was holding it in. He was done. Like he was, he was frustrated to the point where the truth came out. Like, you know how it is when you really get upset and you say something that you go, oh, I didn't mean to say it. But no, you meant to say it because you've been holding on to that thing. When he said you already took Joseph, he was saying, I blame you guys for Joseph. You know what I'm saying? So it finally came out that he was holding bitterness in his heart for 20 years that he thought he never, he never believed their fabricated story. He never believed it. Matter of fact, my seven-year-old, when I brought up the story of Joseph, my seven-year-old came up to me and said, Daddy, that story don't hold water. I was like, why? He was like, well, if you look at the coat, the coat, they dipped the coat in the blood and they brought it back, but the coat was perfect. There was no scratches on the coat. There was no holes on the coat. How in the world is an animal supposed to eat Joseph in the coat and the coat is still intact? And so, you know what I'm saying? He never believed their story in the first place. He was upset. He was furious. He let it out. I'm tired of all y'all jokers. I'm tired of you. I mean, you done took my son, Joseph, 20 years ago. Now my other boy, here he is. He's locked up. Now you want to take Benjamin? You must be crazy. And so Reuben, Reuben is like, hold on, hold on, daddy. He, he must have felt guilty because he was the oldest. And 20 years earlier, he was actually the one that was trying to get Joseph out of the situation. And as the oldest, he could have done it, but he didn't do it. And so Reuben said, okay, look, look, okay, this is what we're going to do, daddy. He was like, what? All right, I'm going to put my two sons in your hands as hostages <laughs> and, and uh, give me Benjamin and we're going to go. And if, if we don't come back with Benjamin, then you can kill my two boys. Now, listen, listen to what he was saying. This is in the Bible. He's saying, daddy, I'm going to give you from the RPV, Rick Pena version. He was saying, daddy, I know that you're upset because you've lost two sons, but how about this? How about this? Give me Benjamin, your favorite, and I'm going to give you my two sons. And if something happens to Benjamin, then you can kill your two grandsons. I mean, how stupid does that sound? I mean, think about it. How ridiculous is that? Do you talk about a, a dysfunctional family? Now, the dysfunction goes further. Jacob said, now listen, I'm not going to let Benjamin go down with you to Egypt. Heck no. Why? Because his brother is already dead and he's the only boy I have left. Now, listen, what he really meant to say was, he's the only son that I have left from Rachel, the woman that I love. But that's not what he said. He said, that, oh, I'm not letting Benjamin go with y'all to Egypt. He's the only son I have left. Now, think about that for a minute. He's standing in front of nine of his sons and saying, this son is the only son I have left. How do you think that makes makes them feel, right? I'm talking about setting the stage. I'm talking about no perfect people. I'm talking about flaws. I'm talking about all of this. And now this is the stage of what I'm talking about today. You got it? You got the picture? All right. Now here we go. Number two, Jacob was far from perfect. I'm, I'm saying that, that, listen, no perfect people. Jacob was far from perfect. Jacob had been through a lot in his life. Now, if you know the story of Jacob, he started off as a trickster. Actually, Jacob means conniver. 
And so, so God actually changed his name later to Israel, right? But, but he meet Jacob, his name means trickster, conniver, liar, cheater. And so he started off as a conniver. And matter of fact, since he was, him and his brother came out and they, and they were twins, but he came out, he was the second one that came out. So since he was the second one that came out, he was not going to get the birthright, the, the blessing of the firstborn. And so he came up with a plan, him and his mama, they concocted a plan to lie to his father, her husband, and say, hey, let's lie, let's come, because I really want the blessing. And his mama was like, okay, cool, I'm down with it. And she comes up with a plan to lie to her husband to steal the blessing from her other son. How crazy is this, right? And so, so, so they go and they steal the birthright blessing. Jacob's brother gets pissed at him. He's so pissed off, he wants to kill him. Jacob has to take off as a fugitive. He takes off. He goes to this other land. He falls in love with this girl named Rachel. Oh my gosh, she's so beautiful. She's so fine. And so like, all right, fine. Oh, you want you want to marry her? Work for her for seven years. I'm like, fine. I work. She must have been really fine. I mean, because he worked for seven years, right? So he worked for seven years. And on his wedding night, on the honeymoon night, the, his father, because he was, he see, you reap what you sow. His father-in-law switched the girls on him and gave him the wrong girl. He slept with the wrong girl. He was like, yo, he gets up the next morning. He was like, who is this? Why, why you gave me her sister? You gave me the ugly one. I, I'm sorry. I, I, did I say that? I'm sorry about that. Anyway, and so he said that you gave me the ugly one. And so, so he slept with her. And then he was like, oh, snap. No, I still want the, the pretty one. It was like, well, you need seven more years. So he worked for seven more years for that. And then he worked for his father-in-law for 20 years. And his father-in-law was tricking him the whole time. And then the Bible says that he got tired after 20 years. He's like, this dude done changed my wages 10 times. He switched systems. He went from buying and selling to sowing and reaping. And he made more money in year 21 than he had made in the previous 20 years. But he still had issues, right? He had issues with his brother. He goes back. He, he tries to reconcile with his brother. He fathers these 12 boys. These 12 boys will later become the 12 tribes of Israel. But he still had issues within his own family. He he used he he favored Joseph above the other boys. It caused dysfunction. Now he's favoring Benjamin. He said crazy stuff in front of his sons in the text. But with all of that, at the end of the day, the nation of Israel is called Israel today because of Jacob. The nation of Israel is named after this man who went through all this stuff and, and made a lot of mistakes. You know why? Because God uses imperfect people. And if God could use him, God could use you. I mean, God, God is no respecter of persons. And you know what all of this is called? It's called grace. Number three, Jacob's bloodline was not perfect. So I can tell you, I mean, listen, the Bible is riddled with imperfect people. Abraham made many mistakes. Uh, he was called to walk with God. I got it. But he was like, okay, he leaves to walk with God. Right off the bat, he's supposed to be living by faith. And they go and they go into this foreign land and, and, and they're having this engagement actually with the Pharaoh. And then he lies and says, his wife is his sister. And then, you know, you know, that whole story. Matter of fact, this lie was actually repeated by his son, Isaac. But let me fast forward. 13 years into it, he's believing God to be the father of many nations. And he don't have no boy yet. And so he's like, man, this isn't happening. And so 13 years into it, him and his wife come up with a plan to just forget it. Go sleep with my servant, have a baby with her. Maybe that's the promised child. You know, that's not what God said. So he sleeps with the servant, has a baby. The baby's name is Ishmael. As soon as the baby's born, now his wife got issues with the lady. Now, hold on. You playing with your son? You over there in that tent 
What, what's going on? What you doing over there in that tent? Why are you spending time with her? Well, you told me to sleep with her. What's wrong with you? No, I got an issue with her. You got to kick her out the house. And so now going back to the soap opera thing, he's like, no, kick her out. So then they got to kick the, he kicks the lady out, kicks her son out and Ishmael has to leave. Ishmael winds up becoming the lineage of Ishmael, winds up becoming the lineage, the lineage of Islam. And so now here you have Ishmael, lineage Islam. His son Isaac was finally born, right, 20, uh, 12 years later. And now that's the lineage of, of Israel or the Israelites or the Jews. And so now you have issues between the Israelites or the Jews and the Muslims. And you have issues that started with two women in a tent. And you have these issues that are not going to be resolved until Jesus comes back. You know why? Because Abraham was not perfect. But what I like is that in the New Testament, when the Bible talks about Abraham, the Bible doesn't say anything about all that. In the New Testament, when, when God talks about his son, Abraham, the father of faith, he just talks about him with like glaring reviews and, and accentuates all the things he did right, uh, did right and doesn't say anything about the things that he did wrong. And that's how it is with us because God is a daddy. You know how it is when you're talking to your friends about your kids. Your kids have issues but you don't talk to your kid, your friends like that. No, you only accentuate all the stuff that they do right. You don't highlight uh, their flaws. You don't highlight their shortcomings. And that's how it is with us and God. God will highlight the things that you do right. And he will cover the things that you do wrong because God is your daddy. And he's always bragging on you. Say amen to that. Number four, Jesus's bloodline was not perfect. If you read the Bible, the gospel, according to St. Matthew, you'll say, it says, such and such begot such and such. And then this person begot this person. And then this person begot this person. And it goes through the bloodline of Jesus. One time I preached a message where I went through the bloodline and I highlighted several names. And as I pulled out these names, guess what? I was pulling out, this lady was a prostitute. This dude was a liar. This guy was an adulterer. This guy, you know, and I'm pulling out all these things and they're, they're listed. Their names are listed there in the bloodline of Jesus. And the title of the message was, don't judge your future by your past. I'm telling you that we serve a God who's in the business of making champions out of nobody. He can take a coward and turn him into a champion. So don't judge your future by your past because we serve a God that uses us by grace. Number five, and finally, God is in the business of making holy garments out of flawed material. We serve a God who is in the business of making holy, he specializes in making holy garments out of flawed material. God does extraordinary things with ordinary per people. And so, so Abraham was not perfect. Isaac was not perfect. Jacob was not perfect. Matter of fact, Joseph was not perfect, but God used them anyway. Look at me. Stop making excuses. Stop making excuses for why you're not worthy of this and worthy of that. Let me help you out. Look at me. Lean in for a minute. Let me tell you something. You are not worthy. Get over it. You're not worthy today. You're not going to be worthy tomorrow. Jesus made you worthy. You're not perfect. Get over it. Jesus was perfect for you. So God is not looking for perfection. His son was perfection. His son was perfection personified. So all he's looking for you is not perfection. It's just willingness, availability. Give yourself over to God. Give, give everything, everything I am and everything I'm not, I'm not, I put it all in God's hands. And I'm like, God, you can use me. And so stop fighting against God. Stop fighting against the process. Stop fighting the grace of God. I'm telling you that greater is coming for you, but you got to stop fighting against God. Just give yourself over to God. Faults, flaws, failure, everything. Give it over to God. God is not hung up with your past. So stop it. 
When the devil reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. <laughs> and so, so when God comes to convict you, he doesn't come to convict you of your past. He comes to convict you of your righteousness. The, the Holy Spirit will convict you and say, son, daughter, you are a son of the most high God. You're the head and not the tail. You're above only, not beneath. The Holy Spirit will call you into your future and he will convict you of your righteousness, not of your sin. Say amen to that. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and say this over your life. Say, Father, you are in the business of making holy garments out of flawed material. I am not perfect, but you call me anyway. You look past my faults, my flaws, and my failures in advance, and you call me anyway into my purpose. So I embrace your grace. I am not perfect, but Jesus was perfect for me. I am not worthy, but Jesus was worthy for me. As Jesus is, so am I in this world. Jesus took my sin. So now I accept his righteousness. I am an instrument in your hands, Father, and I am ready to be used today and every day for your glory. This is why I say greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org. Click on the big red subscribe button. Put in your email address there. You'll get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, no perfect people allowed. Listen, don't come to me with all that stuff talking about you're, you're, not, you're perfect. You're not perfect. Matter of fact, the Bible says that if you claim to be without sin, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. So don't come to me with that. Listen, we are not perfect. Jesus was perfect for us. No perfect people allowed. God is in the business of making holy garments out of flawed material. So stop looking down on others. The closer you get to God, the less you think of yourself. So you, you don't, you're not pompous or pious. If you, if you look down on other people, that's an indication that you're a baby Christian because you really don't know God. Because if you really knew God, then you would really know how jacked up you are. So the last thing you would do is look down on other people. So go out there and walk in God's grace. Build people up, don't tear them down. And embrace God's grace for you to be the man, the woman that God has called you to be. Leave me some comments in the chat on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. Share this on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. And I will see you tomorrow morning. God loves you, and I do too. God bless you.